Up next, voices matter. In a democratic society, every voice counts. We are convinced that everyone has a meaningful story to tell. Our new feature, Voices Matter, is a platform to make your voice heard. Welcome to this week's episode of Voices Matter, where we invite people to talk about their projects, their personal struggles. We invite them to speak about what moves them. Today, our guest is Benny J. Artist, an Australian artist based in Luxembourg, who lives with a rare disability called Nail Patella Syndrome. Hi, Benny. Good day. How are you today? Good, Josie. Thanks for, thanks for having me here. It's, it's wonderful to be here. Yes, it's lovely to have you. From what I've seen online, you've had quite the varied path in life. Uh, you moved from Australia to different parts of Europe and you became an official resident of Luxembourg in 2019. Uh, what made you decide to stay in Luxembourg? Yeah, it's, it's been a long journey to get here. And what makes me stay in Luxembourg is the, the people and the variety that I can get to, to life here. Um, as an Australian, Europe is a big, exciting ball of fun and uh, Luxembourg is right in the heart of it. And I've worked mm -hmm. here for many years and the multicultural side of things is very exciting. And I think uh, that I connect with very much so and I can learn from different cultures and different people uh, really well. So, yeah, it's an exciting place to be. I, I really love it here. I've settled in, uh, I've bought a place and uh, here for the long run. You mentioned that you worked here before you became an artist and in general you've had a very varied path as well like you've worked in hospitality you've worked as a bus driver um, but also in the banking sector so what motivated you to try out all these different jobs and what made you become an artist in the end? Yeah so when I was born um, I was born with a rare disease called now patella syndrome that has basically di dictated what I can and cannot do throughout my whole entire life so uh, by the time I was 11 I'd spent most of my life in hospitals and plaster casts and trying to stretch my legs and have operations on my knees to stop them dislocating and I've had uh, chronic pain ever since I was born so what I've always tried to do is the maximum of what I'm able to do it you know physically or, or in that time and uh, I always found it interesting growing up that, uh, you know, people at school were like, you need to study so you can go, you know, you can get a good job and everything. And mm -hmm. I'm sitting there going, well, I'm spending every spare moment I am in hospital. I want to spend any time I can outside. I don't want to sit in a classroom. I don't want to do anything. And so I've always been a sort of uh, hands-on type learner. That has then sort of dictated what sort of work I can do. And uh, I started off in a, in a supermarket back when I was younger. And then, yeah, went to Papua New Guinea and spent three months working on a container ship um, wow. up there, mainly because I got into trouble with my parents and... Uh, <laughs> That was the punishment. Uh, that was a really interesting uh, place uh, to do a decan certificate at, uh, at the college. So I'm an uh, international radio operator as well um, for doing all the ship's calls and things. Um, so that was a very interesting time. And that was the idea was to get me some experience so that I could get a job on the Sydney ferries. When I got back, I applied for Sydney ferries, trains and buses and got a job as a bus driver. So I ended up driving uh, buses across Sydney for, for about three years, which was fantastic. But yeah, the, as my body changed and my abilities, you know, changed, my, my, my job went from sort of standing jobs to sitting jobs. And when I moved to Europe, I got a job in the Irish pub, which was the worst job I could possibly get. I, after a couple of years working there, um, my body was giving up. And so I managed to get, uh, yeah, through a contact, a job in, uh, in Luxembourg in finance. And I had mm -hmm. no background in that at all but that was what I needed I needed an office job where I could sit down and spend time you know looking after my health but still being able to you know contribute and then that launched my career in banking which was just phenomenal and I did that for 10 years mm -hmm. um, and then again my health uh, about three years ago started to um, drop off once more 
uh, to where I was taking a lot of time off work. I'm sick, which is not something I like doing. I like to I like to work. I enjoy contributing. And uh, um, eventually, economics and the world worked that uh, my job was being moved um, to India. So that meant I was being released. And at the time, I, I realized that I wasn't able to commit to another job in a full-time capacity with my health deteriorating from um, internal problems and, and, uh, and the like that uh, are related to my disease that involved operations and uh it's an ongoing process, and uh, I had to look at my life and thought, what can I do? And uh, I've known this since I was very young that, um, you know, I, I knew that by the time I was about probably 45, I would need to somehow stop work. And I've always been in the back of my head trying to work out what I can do at that point. And uh, uh, with my luck of getting, you know, a broad range of skills from many different avenues of work, I've been able to learn a lot and I want to put that back into into an art form and, and that's what I can do is to communicate my, my life and my experiences and my understandings and learnings of life through through art and, and give back and that's where I can manage my time, my energy, my health and my lifestyle and hopefully balance all so that I can be successful and be, be able to give back as well as uh, manage my, my own health. So it's it's trying to do that balance at the moment, and it's a it's a struggle. Yeah, mm -hmm. but uh, but it's exciting, and I'm I'm, I'm always excited to, to try to do something and uh, the maximum of what I can do. But I'm always limited by my body. Maybe not everybody is familiar with um, with your disability. Can you maybe explain what it does in general? Yeah. So on the whole, it's a mutation of the uh, of a gene. But uh, what it means is that, uh, as per the name, nail patella. So my nails are deformed and missing on my thumb and and forefinger, and I have um, uh, problems with my patellas, and that they're very small and they dislocate. Uh, they also have um, other issues such as bone growth on the um, on the iliac horns, on the hips, and on uh, mm -hmm. other parts of the body. Then internally as well, I have uh, glaucoma, so potentially going blind. That's being treated at the moment, but then I also have arthritis, um, stomach issues, bladder issues, uh, bowel issues, um, all sort of unknown, uh, not all of them, but some of them are unknown um, by, by doctors in, in treatment. I had my gallbladder removed last year mm -hmm. um, as, a, as, as an example, and I also have chronic pain, and that's probably the most challenging part is the chronic pain sucks all my energy out. And uh, mm -hmm. the problem with rare disease is that um, growing up, when I was born, I was also adopted. There was only about nine people in Australia that had um, nail patella syndrome and that makes it very difficult to get any reference point as mm -hmm. to what what's normal and what's so the NPS is is um, for me quite a quite unique in that I, until about two weeks ago I'd never met anybody else with it and um, now that I met um, I was lucky enough through my social medias to meet uh, a group mm -hmm. in France that I went to see and, and those conditions that I mentioned are broadly across everybody that has the condition um, it can be a um, a spontaneous mutation so it can start in a family from um, just by spontaneous um, or it can be passed hereditary um, so mm -hmm. in my case it was my birth mother that had it um, that gave it to me uh, I sort of sometimes think of it like I'm one of the X-Men and, and that uh, you know I'm, my genes are mutating but uh, it may not have been one of the best options <laughs> and uh, so you know humanity needs to try somewhere else if we're trying to improve but yeah so uh, but you know I've got I've got uh, lots that I can do so mm -hmm. I try and focus on those. And you in your art are very open about your pain you document your pain I've seen you have an Instagram log but and uh, you also do stand-up comedy do you feel like your pain serves as an inspiration for your art or would you say that your art takes away the pain from your daily life so yeah it does both it's uh it's a it's an inspiration in that i am trying to find a language to deal with pain that can help me communicate what i'm feeling 
to other people, both medical staff and friends and family, so that I can get the support that I need to, to deal with it. And it is also giving me a release valve to, to express what I'm feeling and, and what I'm dealing with. And so the diary that I'm doing on um, Instagram and, and on Facebook stemmed from a uh, diary that I was keeping going to hospitals and doctors because I was seeing them three to four times a week um, a couple of years ago. And rather than explain myself every time, I would take on my phone and I would just show them. And then uh, what I decided when I became an artist is I felt that that needed to be shared. And um, since then, I'm getting a lot of uh, contact with other people that are feeling the same thing. And so I'm getting that feedback that I'm I'm learning from others that what I'm doing is also felt by others that I'm not alone and that's really mm-hmm. important when you're dealing with a, an illness of any sort is uh, is to not feel alone because uh, it's a it's an awful experience whatever the ailments are. You've mentioned it before that you met people through this who also have this rare disability um, but are there any other positive surprises that you uh, encountered since you've more openly um, showcased your pain to the world through your art? Yeah, so the, the positive has, has definitely been the response from people and the connections that I've had, um, both with other artists, medical, um, other pain sufferers, and uh, miraculously a group um, of nail patella syndrome in, in France that reached out, and I was lucky enough to go and have a conference and, and join and meet, which was great. And I think the positive from that was that everybody I met there had such a an intense lust for life that was really infectious, and I, I liked that, that because we all deal with, with the such an intense problem problems um, and to see that was really positive. Could you maybe in your own words uh, define or summarize what your art is because you do you do um, you build furniture as so, well yeah, you do I, comedy I, I, mean, I do everything so um, as I said so I, um, in order to distract myself going back to that sort of uh, part of the, of the question before was uh, I do anything that I can that depending on what I'm able to physically at the time. So if I'm, you know, for the stand-up comedy, that's great. It gets me out. Um, but it, when I'm not able to move, uh, so I do a lot of, I'm starting to experiment with lots of different art forms. So uh, epoxy art, I've always um, been involved with woodwork. My dream job would be a carpenter, but I don't have the body to do that. Then I also knit. So I started knitting um, as a way to uh, deal with my insomnia um, from pain. Uh, so I've got a long scarf that's about seven metres long now that I knit when I can't sleep. Yeah, I do um, lots of... What else do I do on the uh, stand-up comedy knitting? I think it's on, on my website. Um, writing, I've written a book of poetry on pain. The main one is my photography, and that gets me out of bed every day, and that, that's where I'm really trying to communicate on a mass level what, what I'm going through, and that's where... So my diary every day, I, I um, Photoshop the, that day's pain number, which is if you go to the hospital and the nurse asks you, what your pain is out of 10, um, so say today mine is 5, I will input that into the photo, hide it in the photo somewhere. Mm. Um, so every single Instagram post has got my pain number in it for that day. It's hidden in there. Um, and it's using art. What I'm liking with art is I'm starting to experiment and, and play with uh, the different mediums that weren't that are not just writing. I've always been a writer, so growing up I, I was writing poetry as a way to deal with the pain, and I thought that was the only medium that I had. And since uh, about 18 months ago when I converted my diary into a, into a, um, a journal of Instagram photo diary, uh, I've really expanded that ability to communicate and connect with people on pain. So that's been really, really exceptional. And mm-hmm. uh, 
my poetry as well is, is connected with a lot of people. I, I do need to give warnings when I read my poetry to, to people that it may, you know, be quite emotional and, and impact them in ways that they may not know. Mm-hmm. Uh, as it bring, brings up a lot of memories, which is what I'm trying to encourage and, and to to, uh, to do with my art is to is to remind people of those those moments so we can um, improve them for the future potentially. So you've decided to stay in Luxembourg for now. Do you plan on going back to Australia, or does Luxembourg just give you something that you know as an artist that makes you want to stay here? So yeah, Luxembourg is is a phenomenal place in the support that I'm getting, and uh, I think. If I can do it anywhere here is where I can do it. There's, uh, there's such a mix of people and support that I'm getting. So, for example, I have an exhibition in the in the city with a um, uh, that's supported by a ESG group um, founded by a guy called Clive Munn, and uh, there he's supporting um, other local artists and, and the like with being able to display there as sort of an incubation spot. And that you know, where could I find a a place where I can do that in in the world, where I get a spot in the centre of the city, the capital of the of that country, uh, to display my work and to uh, to do events there and to perform and to meet people and uh, to express myself through that through that. And uh, I don't think I could get that sort of support anywhere else. Um, same with the the government, the the Adem. I was after being let go as a banker, I was on the chômage and on the Adem support, and I had an amazing case manager who um, saw what I was wanting to do and put me onto a onto a program that the Adem had called Fint for Entrepreneurship that supported me for the last six months in uh, in getting the business up and running. And then I see there's the House of Entrepreneurship, there's the Chamber of Commerce, there's a lot of you know support in this country for startups and as well. So I think as well being having worked here for many years helps me have a network that I can uh, that can build I can build on and build support with. So yeah, it's a perfect uh, perfect small place to it's a small country as well so everybody gets to know each other um very quickly and I like that uh because the, the information is shared and and we all we all help each other which is terrific. You mentioned you had an exhibition a permanent exhibition. Do you have any more projects coming up? My projects uh coming up uh, non-defined, I would say, at the moment. I am one that is trying to work out what I can do versus what I um, need to do. And at the moment, it's it, I'm, I'm focusing on some health problems that I'm dealing with at the moment, as well as trying to work out my financial situation that I can uh, survive long term. Uh, ideally, the, if my art takes off, then uh, that would be my full-time income. And that would be that's my plan to, to have that in, in the long run. Uh, but at the moment, um, you know, I'm needing to apply for, for support, for disability support. But yeah, my, my focus for projects, collaborating with others. So I, I, last week, um, I met some new artists and uh, ended up having one of them work with me on uh, my event last week uh, with as, as a guitar. So I play music as well, play guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something else I do. So yeah, the, the projects, I think, uh, I turned 40 in two weeks. And I'm having a little bit of a mental break to look at what I've achieved over the last 18 months. Uh, which is when this all started, and I've achieved a lot more than what I expected, and I'm now looking to see what I can, uh, where this can go, and what I what, mm-hmm. what I can achieve in in the future. I'm in talks with the place where I'm doing an exhibition at the moment to become their resident artist there, and that aligns with some of my ideas that I would like to one day have my own gallery that supports other disabled and rare disease artists, and that's something that is missing I see definitely in Luxembourg, um, in the local region, and I feel that there's a there's a uh, space for for that to, to occur and so my, my long-term goal is to do that and at the moment I have that opportunity with um, this cooperative uh, um, space in, in the city to, to potentially do that. So I think that might be where my next project start to go is to, to collaborate with, um, with others, um, especially in the rare disease and, and disabled uh, area.
and uh, and to see what sort of awareness and, and great things we can have from that. Collaboration, I think, is where I'm going in, in the future. Is That sounds like something to look forward to. Is there anything else that you would like to mention that I haven't touched upon? I guess the only other thing is the is Project 117, which is where this my art is all coming under, which is a, an idea I had when I was um, about 10 years old, um, going through all my hospital experiences. I had this sort of dream or idea that I would um, live until I was 117. And that was something I think I needed to uh, build into my psyche so that I can get through the, the hospitals and the waiting rooms that I, that I deal with on a, on a weekly basis. And uh, uh, I forgot about that for about 20, 30 years until I started this art project again. And I want all my art sort of comes under that banner of 117. So the goal is for me to, all my work is connected. So there's lots of messages and, and connections between them that aren't, aren't always so obvious, but it's all under that banner of uh, trying to, to reach 117 and, uh, and live a full life during that time. Well, um, Benny J, thank you so much for joining us today to talk about your eclectic life and your artistic work. To our listeners, if you want to find out more about Benny J's art, you can visit his website at www.bennyjartist.com. Benny J, we'll, we'll see you around, I guess. Thank you very much, Tracy. It's been great to be here. Thanks for your time. <laughs> thank you for seeing us. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. <laughs> That was Voices Matter. At Era City Radio, we are convinced that every voice matters. Yours as well. If you want to share your story, contact us at listeners at era.lu or via Era City Radio's social media channel. <laughs>